Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Tuesday Tips, brought to you by the Hunt Lifty Podcast. I'm Carter McKenzie, running with uh, Bobby and Gabe tonight. What's going on, fellas? What's up, man? How are you guys? How's it going, guys? Mr. Martinez, it's good to have you back on the podcast. Thank you, sir. It's been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> it sure has, man. You've been busy getting ready for uh, prepping for this season and, you know, real quickly... What tags do you got in your pocket? What are you getting ready for? Well, right now I have an antelope tag, uh, and then I'll have a general elk tag and a general deer tag. That's pretty much it. Nice. You're going to be chasing them all with a bow? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, until I get frustrated and have to use a rifle. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. The bow gets me in the woods about a month earlier before rifle season, and then October 15th. You will find me with a rifle the rest of the season. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah, for sure. Lucky bastards. Yeah. Bobby, what do you got going on this fall? Uh, you know, a whole lot of bow hunting and a whole lot of more bow hunting. And then, you know, we mix in a lot of upland hunting in there because in this great state, we can't hunt with rifles. So we frown upon it. Can y'all do muzzleloader? Yeah, you can. Muzzleloader okay. is about a week, I think, here. And shotgun? Shotgun is also six days. Okay. That's wild to me. That's such a short season like that. That's crazy. So basically, if you're not a bow hunter and you live in this state, you're not hunting very much. Yeah, yeah. But I will say this. Our bow season starts September September 5th in early zones and ends late February, early March. So you can pretty much hunt a very long time with your bow here. Nice. Yeah, I love it. Well, good luck to everybody. Good luck to you guys. Hope everybody listening has a fantastic season, fills all their tags. Let's jump into it. Let's talk about some tips getting ready for this fall. Um, Bobby, you want to kick us off? Yeah, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna steer way different than what I know you guys are gonna talk about because you guys are big game hunters, big deer hunters. Gabe's talking about antelope and elk, so I will talk about what I'm gonna spend a lot of my time on, and that's my upland hunting and my dogs. So I know we we kicked off. Uh, we've been doing applications, and a lot of our new members here are upland hunters as well and starting to really take a dive into the upland community more uh, over here. So I want to talk about what I'm prepping with and what I'm running with right now. Usually in this time of season, I'm getting my dogs ready by getting them ready. I mean, I'm running them a lot harder right now, making sure that they understand their commands to a T. We are dry firing guns. We're making sure that we're on our top game. We're also making sure our bags are packed with everything that we need for our season ready to head. I've actually this weekend went in and dissected my game bag completely, made sure I have my protein. I made sure they have their protein. I made sure we got everybody's got first aid kits and we are getting ready for our season. Uh, you know, we, we sit, we seem to forget a lot of times when we're getting ready for our hunting season is our four legged friends and how important it is to keep them safe and keep them, uh, healthy throughout the season. So I'm more focused on them right now than anything, especially coming off of an ACL injury on one dog. So we're uh, we're going very slow right now, to say the least. Yeah, I was going to say your boy Sarge is coming off that injury. How has that recovery been coming? So I, I've been a nervous fucking wreck, and I will say that completely because it was an $8,000 surgery. We didn't know how good it was going to be. And yeah, so that's a couple puffy jackets right there, Gabe. <laughs> yeah. 
And of course, you know, I'm sure if I went out of state, it'd be a lot cheaper. But, you know, with your four-legged friends, you try to find the best doctor possible for these kinds of surgeries. Yeah, for sure. So he uh, he had a limp for a while. And we were nervous that this season might not happen. And we were getting really frustrated. And, you know, I'm like, you know what? I don't, I'm not going to push him. And I, I know it, he loves hunting more than me. So it's going to be hard for him to not go after a bird or anything. And I'd say maybe four months ago, he really took a different turn and started really getting full blown into his recovery, started swimming a lot. That's, I think the swimming really helped him really work out his leg. And now he is running like a maniac. I think he's running faster than he did pre-surgery. Every time he runs and stops though, I still, my heart misses a few beats, but I'm still a little bit nervous, but he is running and jumping like a maniac. So I think he's going to have a great season ahead, and I'm really excited to see what he's going to do this year. Nice. That's awesome. Glad to hear the cover. He's going well, man. That's sweet. Yeah. I need to get up there and uh, go on one of these hunts with you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I will say this. If Sarge first meets you, he's probably going to bark at you and want to kill you. But then <laughs> as soon as you show him that you're hunting with him, he's going to love you for life. And every time he sees you, he will then be your best friend. <laughs> he, he don't like people unless you're doing something good that he wants to do, and that's hunting. He sounds like Derek. <laughs> oh, 100% like Derek. Both douchers. <laughs> I wish I had the chance to do bird hunting growing up. That's just something totally different than what I grew up doing. Yeah, so I actually grew up bird hunting and then started getting into more upland, I mean, a bigger game later on in the stage. So I've, I mean, I've been doing upland hunting and had GSPs in my family since I was 12. So we we, we really started younger that way and then started working into the bigger game. So I'm, I'm backwards from you guys. I think I've killed one pheasant in my life. <laughs> I was like 10. Well, I'm going to change that. Now that I'm going to go pick up this camper we were talking about. I'm going to come pick all you fuckers up. We're going to have an HLE hunting event. I'm just going to travel the country, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sign me up, dude. I love it. All right. Let me kick it off next. I got some uh, glassing tips that I can't take full credit for. Um, we had the pleasure to sit down with Henry Ferguson, who's the president of uh, Colorado Bowhunters Association. Big Chief Wackabuck on uh, Instagram, and his Instagram's hilarious. Um, and I asked him, he's obsessed with archery mule deer in Colorado, and I asked him for a couple of his favorite scouting and glassing tips. Um, and these are a couple of things that he told me, and then a couple of things that I've learned from mistakes I've made. But um, obviously, you want to get up high. You want to find a good spot from a topographical point of view. Uh, if you're an out-of-stater and you're going to a destination to hunt, you need to have that shit planned out before you get there. Um, I always mark a couple places on Onyx before I even get to the locations and have a backup for where I plan to glass the morning of my first hunt. Um, you need to think about where the sun is going to be when you get up to glass, whether you're in the morning or the evening. <clears throat> Damn. Um, whether you're in the morning or the evening, you want the sun to be behind you. Uh, that's a lesson you learn the hard way once. And then you want to do everything you can to make your glassing spot as comfortable as possible, especially like if you're settling in for like a long glassing session. Um, otherwise, it's just it becomes like really miserable. And then like the more uncomfortable you are, the less or I found like the less I'm able to focus. Um, and when you're glassing, especially a long ways off, you're, you know, I. I learned pretty early on in Wyoming, like I was looking for deer really hard 
And I learned pretty quickly. It took me like a day to figure out like the way to find mule deer is not to look for mule deer, if that kind of makes sense. (laughs) The harder you look for a deer, the less likely you are to find them. So you need to be comfortable and you need to be able to set up and take your time and look in those shady spots and, you know, look for the ear flicker behind that sagebrush or whatever, because it's not like, you know, they're all painted blaze orange out there on the side of the hill. So you need to be comfortable and whether that means like, bringing like a, uh, a glassing pad or, you know, I, I bring like the thing I carry on my backpack to my tree stand. It's like a little foam square that compresses down real small. Um, that you can sit down on great in Wyoming. Cause there's cactus everywhere, which is like a huge pain in the ass. Um, <laughs> or you can get one, like one of those inflatable, uh, inflatable little pillow things. Um, those are helpful as well. And then you want to be, you want to be steady as possible. Otherwise like glassing is like a total waste of time and you're just like sitting there shaking, uh, makes it really hard to see. So whether that means like bringing a tripod, I'm going to bring a tripod for the first time this year, um, with the Bino kind of insert that I got from Maven. A um, bunch of companies make them, uh, Vortex and uh, Outdoorsman's and all sorts of people make them. Um, bino inserts for your specific type of binos, your size. That's going to be the ultimate steady. I could see situations where that's not always applicable, though. Um, it's just not always functional to set up your tripod and get everything all set up, unless you're setting up for like a long glassing session. Um, but at least, you know, be prepped for it. If you can't, uh, like I have the last couple of years to save money. I just didn't want, and save weight. I just didn't want to carry a tripod, um, you know, elbows on the knees kind of thing. Uh, or you can use a trekking pole, kind of set your binos on top of a trekking pole. And that's kind of a, that's a good tip that I learned out there. Um, all those together are going to help you find more animals, um, find more animals, find uh, where they're bedding, find where they're feeding, that kind of stuff. And hopefully lead to more kills, but. I'm no expert whatsoever. Those are just a couple of things that I've picked up and uh, were shared with me. And hopefully those can be uh, helpful to other folks as well. Does any of that resonate with you, Game? Yeah, all that sounds really good, man. You hit that right on the head. I mean, glassing for big mule deer, it takes a while. (laughs) You're sitting there. They're just like ghosts in the woods, dude. That's what makes them so fun to hunt. I mean, hunting elk's fun because you can – get on them by hearing them and bugling at them and I don't know just something about a big mule deer just gets the hair on my neck standing up (laughs) yeah and you found you were lucky enough to find a couple dandies this past weekend yeah we went out and glass for about an hour hour and a half and picked up a few few about 170 175 one of them was about 180 I'd say but still in velvet you know, one of them had a kicker. That was pretty cool. That's I'm, cool. I'm ready to get back out there to put the smack down. Heck <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Heck yeah, man. I hope you do. hope you do. Well, what do you got for us tonight, man? I mean, my tip is way different than your guys'. I mean, it's helpful, but my tip for this week would be to hike with weight on your pack in the gym or in the field. I feel like that's really important to do before the hunting season. 
I recently just hiked water in, just like we were talking about, to our high country deer camp, and it paid off hitting the stair stepper with a plate on my pack frame. Not only does it help by getting your legs and hips ready, but it helps by figuring out your meat shelf if you just purchased a brand new bag. I mean, that helps out a lot. You get to figure out, like, how the buckles work and stuff. It saved a lot on my hips, though, because when we were going up, like, it's just a lot of weight. All that water, once you get meat, your rifle, your camp, everything, if you're going into the high country, that'll just pay off. Yeah, and packs carry weight differently, so that's a really good tip. Practice with the pack that you're going to be carrying, and it doesn't matter if you look like some Yahoo in the gym with your camo pack on or if you're just on the side of the road like Caleb Bell, but practice with the pack that you're going to carry and, you know, try and pack it accordingly. Like, like you want it to be as close to game day situation as possible. So put the heavyweight where the heavyweight's going to go. Don't just yep. shove it full of shit. Try and make it as applicable as possible. So your shoulders and your, uh, and your hips, uh, can learn what to do with that weight. Yeah. Yeah, because you never know what's going to – well, what you pack. you got to be packing accordingly to where – especially where we're going. I mean, we got to have lightweight stuff, man. It's not going to be easy. Got like a 10-pound rifle. Like I said, sleeping bags, outerwear, jet boil, food, everything that you'll need. You just want to be able to pack that shit around like nothing because it'll be tough. Yeah. Yeah, the more prep you can do in the offseason, the easier, easier it's going to pay off when you need it to. Hey, Gabriel, how many miles would you say you walked the other day when you were out there glassing? Do you honestly want to know? Yeah. It was one point I do. one mile. One? One mile. We gained 2,000 feet in elevation. Oh, my God. Dude, it was like – that's what I'm saying. Hitting that stair stepper paid off because we were literally fucking, I could look at the mountain in front of my face without even <laughs> moving, dude, just trekking. Straight uh, up. Up my buddy. He'd be like, come on, dude, we got this. We're almost there. We get to a clearing in the trees. We'd be like, fuck yeah. Well, you could see the sky and then we'd get up there and then it'd just go flat for like 10 yards and then straight up again. Son of a bitch, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you guys say, man. No week in the wild, right? That's right, dude. That's the name of the game. For sure. You got anything else for us, Bobby? No, man. I, I mean, I'm pretty uh, – I guess I feel pretty left out that you guys get to do that awesome stuff of glassing and everything. I mean, I, I can't wait to get out there and with you guys and start glassing and start seeing some other things besides uh, a pheasant and a whitetail. But – yeah, we'll make it happen for sure. We'll Bring a lot of snacks. <laughs> oh, I'm the snack king, man. I got snack packs. <laughs> I got everything, man. <laughs> nice. Well, I appreciate it, boys. Listeners, we appreciate the hell out of you guys. Hopefully these tips are helpful for you. Go follow the Hot Lift Eat podcast on Instagram. Also follow Hot Lift Eat official if you can. And uh, we don't want your money. Actually, that's not true. Go buy a T-shirt. But we don't want your money. We want you to leave a five-star review for the Hunt, Lift, Eat podcast if you haven't already, wherever you listen to it on Spotify or Apple or wherever you hear it. So if you could do that for us, it would be greatly appreciated. Bobby needs a new pair of shoes. So we appreciate <laughs> it. Listeners, we will talk to you guys next week.